0: What is up everybody? Welcome to this week's episode of the Dense Pixels podcast. I'm one of your hosts Brad, joined by my co-host micah
1: Hello.
0: So uh a lot, lot of lot of new stories this week of substance. Um let's uh like I'm I'm kind of encouraged by the by the Activision story this week. So I'd like to uh I'd like to discuss that first. Um Sure. So sure. yeah, Act- Activision employees uh, are thinking about unionizing. Apparently. Or Activision Blizzard Workers specifically um, are contributing are considering unionizing. So they they launched a strike fund, uh, which you could donate to uh in conjunction with the uh Communications Workers of America, which is a labor board in the United States, and they're considering handing out union cards. Now, for, for those of you that don't uh un, that don't know how unionization works in the US, apparently if a the employees of a workplace, um, you know, basically if 30 percent of the employees in a company um, declare the intent to form a union, uh, then legally uh, a vote must be held uh, by those employees to decide if they want to unionize or not. Um, the downside of this is that as soon, with many corporations, especially large corporations, as soon as uh, word gets round uh, that they're thinking about forming a union. Uh, all of a sudden, the people at the top of the food chain uh, aren't too happy about that and do everything they can to prevent that union from happening uh, within the boundaries of the law and sometimes stepping over the law a little uh, yeah. bit. Like,
1: like, hey, you're fired.
0: For what? Um, I don't know yet. <laughs> so basically, like Activision sent out a... Uh, a message to employees that, of course, was then shared with the media. Um, this was sent out by their chief administrative officer, Brian Bolotto, um who used to be a staffer in the Trump administration, which is hilarious to me as well. Uh, one of the quotes from the letter Uh, is as you make this decision for your future, we ask only that you take time to consider the consequences of your signature on the binding legal document presented to you by the CWA. Once you sign that document, you'll have signed over to CWA the exclusive right to represent you for the purposes of collective bargaining concerning all terms and conditions of employment. So, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah, that's kind of the point. Right.
1: Like, is that was that, was that, was that a threat? like you gotta you gotta come a little stronger with your threats with your veiled threats there buddy well i mean it 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 was meant to
0: be so like so like basically like corporations all the time like when they want to prevent unionization from happening in their company will be like i don't know these unions are pretty sketchy like you know you don't want to just turn your bargaining rights over to one company do you and you're just like well considering i don't really have bargaining rights as a collective anyway (laughs) right uh, like (laughs) it seems like a good idea
1: like You don't want to, you don't want to give away your voice to someone who you don't want to be the, the lone person to give away your voice. Like it doesn't like fucking fingers don't do much by themselves, but when they're a fist, they can hurt. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) and he's using like, he's using like the same bullshit, like tactics that like I heard when I used to work retail right Mm -hmm. like like well we you know the kmart corporation is is strongly anti-union because unions are a bane on the blight of society i'm like jesus christ like nah man like (laughs) the, the 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 football has a union for god's sakes yeah like and everybody loves that right um this is um i just find that the statement that specifically the statement that you read to be amusing to me
0: well every every union bust and statement from a corporation basically is just like a more corporate ease version of that's a very nice ex you got there it'd be a real shame if something happened to it kind of <laughs> that's kind of that's kind of that's kind of how it goes um very like mafia esque uh in in a lot of ways um but this is cool like i said i I at least think that we'll have um a vote uh with this if especially if um you know, this groundswell continues now forming a union is I think it takes like a two thirds vote or something along those lines um, in the U.S. of all the employees uh, in the company, essentially. And then even once a union is formed, like actually putting together a, you know, a bargaining group and electing, you know, officers in the union and actually then bargaining for um, for rights and benefits uh, takes much longer. So, like, we probably wouldn't even see the fruits of any of this labor uh, for many years. The reason, of course, why it's a big deal is because this would be the first, uh, video game company, video game development company at least to unionize were something like this to go through. And that's kind of one of those like, like levies that's been holding, I feel like, in the games industry for a very long time. And yeah. I just feel like that this whole, you know, this whole situation, um, with what we've seen from Activision, what we've seen from Ubisoft and, and things of that nature have, have started to show some cracks, uh, in that restraining wall, uh, that the, I'm sure that the higher ups in the games industry are desperate to prevent from, uh, from flooding out if they can help it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, dear drones, you know, Jimmy Hoffa was in, in a union, right? You don't want to be like, you don't want to end up like Jimmy Hoffa, do you?
0: <laughs> like i said they just they just built a nice new uh football stadium out there in Las Vegas.' It'd be a shame if you ended up buried in the end zone somewhere <laughs> um
1: look i i I don't mind unions uh of course not um i I feel like i feel like um the way that information will be disseminated from these big corporations now like let's say a union happens right and you know it's if a game doesn't come out you know any i feel like any excuse any any reason that a game is bad or is delayed or costs more or this is going to be uh blamed on the union and i feel like these companies are going to weaponize are going to try and weaponize gamers mhm um, which, I, I'm not looking forward to it. I'm not looking forward to the discourse. <laughs> you know what I mean? I like, I, can e- I could I could easily
0: see like yeah I could easily see that happening as a, you know this high profile game like if we get like another cyberpunk that happens basically and everyone's uh-huh. really disappointed like you know yeah I I could easily see an Activision or an EA. Be like, well, you know, like it could have been a lot better, but you know, we had, we had, we had to get it out the, by this time, and because of the union, like we couldn't work more than forty hours a week, and couldn't do this, we couldn't do that, like, like all these things. I would, I would hope they would be so blatant in that regard to not, uh, I don't know, to not go that. I mean, look, the subtl- subtlety <laughs> not is good. not their, uh, is not their strong suit never yeah yeah,
1: not not in the days of microtransactions
0: no uh, certainly not uh, (laughs) (laughs) what what i think would be more interesting though is like when you have a big project like typically in the games industry like they staff up for you know like to to knuckle down on the development and then like when that comes out they usually let go of a lot of folks yeah like there's usually
1: seasonal seasonal workers so to speak
0: yeah well, the the games industry version of it at least i'd be interested to see if like one of the things they bargain for would be like parachute clauses, like not necessarily stopping those layoffs from happening because you're going to, I feel like that's inevitable. Like you're going to need to ramp up and ramp back down based on project timelines. But I'd be curious to see if they just can bargain for more um, favorable terms for those folks instead of just like, all right, thanks for all your hard work and kick your ass out the door. <laughs> like without like benefiting from any of the other, um, you know, bonuses and things of that nature. That the studio comes along. Like I said, it's promising. Um, the fact that Activision felt the need to even respond just when the like the murmurs of unionization started up uh, <laughs> lets you know how serious they take this because they wouldn't have said anything if they weren't worried that it might actually happen. So, yeah. like I said, their instant response is very, very damning. Um in in terms of uh terms of what they're afraid of as things go along. So any any time a corporation like really reacts strongly and quickly to that kind of speak, lets you know that they know that they're probably uh, in the wrong <laughs> in in a lot of ways and are just unwilling to. And, then, and
1: look and look, man, uh, the rest of the world, the rest of the industry, Ubisoft, looking at you, man. Like y- you better be, you better you better be looking at this very very closely, because um all it takes is one right all it takes is for one uh union to form in and especially in a major a major uh, uh company like this that's all it takes is one and mm-hmm. um you're going to start seeing the, it 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 can it it's going to get it's going to get rough uh for for the game industry uh in the coming years I suspect. So well and
0: U- Ubisoft especially cuz they have a lot of their studios in a lot more labor friendly countries uh besides mm-hmm. the United States uh so like you really really should be careful there. I don't know what the unionization rules are in uh Canada and France, but uh I'd imagine they're probably a lot more favorable than they are uh over here. Yeah. Um to switch gears completely, the other kind of like buzz around the industry uh came from this Matrix Awakens demo uh that was shown off at the Game Awards and then released on consoles uh to mm-hmm. download for free. It's basically like a tech demo for Unreal Engine 5, essentially, that you can play at home. Um, they have this, like, what's a very intentional sequence, um, like, of Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss, like, kind of describing what you're about to see. Um, and it's done in such a way that you are meant to question, like, what is the actors being filmed and what are, what are you seeing in engine like that kind of thing like right. and like that was very that part especially was very uncanny valley to me because like i legitimately had trouble picking out like what was you know Canary is the actor and what was you know what were we seeing in, in ue5 kind of i stuff. could um
1: i think i did a pretty decent job of like like the beginning was him being filmed and then uh, and then it fades to, uh, in the engine and then it, he looks at, he looks at himself in the mirror and that's being filmed, mm-hmm. but then it goes to in engine. Like I could really see it with Carrie Ann Moss. Yeah. Um, Keanu Reeves was a little difficult because Keanu Reeves has a lot more going on facially. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got like, you know, a beard and all that and long hair that he can kind of hide and you can kind of fool it, but Carrie Ann Moss, she's got her hair pulled back, like you can like, there's no hiding it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, some of the walking. I mean, look, maybe that's just how Keanu Reeves walks. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who does?
0: We, we we need to do like a Zapruder film version of Keanu Reeves, <laughs> like carry on <laughs> in his everyday life to be able to figure out uh, what's going on with that.
1: But um, you know, it's um, it, it's it's impressive. Um, I don't put too much stock in tech demos. Um, you know, because one, it's a vertical slice and it's the best possible slice that they can, that they can give you at any given moment. Um, the, the action sequence was cute, but it was, you know, on rails.
0: Well, what I, what I, what I took from the action part of it. So like, basically you are in a kind of modern version of the car chase sequence from, uh, reloaded or whichever one. the 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 second second matrix um what i found impressive about that sequence was more how good everything looks in real time like running everything going on around it yeah Yeah,
1: everything going on around it was was there's there's a lot going on Uh, there's a lot of like uh, particle effects coming from the gun while the cars are you know multiple cars are are driving and flipping and like it's it's a sight man it, mm-hmm. it's uh it's a sight to behold um and then the um and then the last part of it is you get to play around in the open world for a bit and um you know I, what i want to see from i love open world games i think they're great I, I you know i i I, get, I i enjoy them and but what i want to see is less of vast you know, I, I want the map to be smaller, but I want the maps to be hyper detailed. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, something like this is uh, a bit promising. You know, I, I was fooling around in in one of the cars and was running into things just to kind of see what happened. And like the the car damage was very realistic, right? Like I clipped a tree, and and the, and the damage was shown the way it should be shown. Mm -hmm. Um um, the the world looked detailed. I was flying around a bit and and, you know I don't think everything is is rendered in real time, right? Like Mm -hmm. I don't think like interiors and stuff are rendered, but uh it was hyper detail. And um that's that's what I'm looking for. That's what I want to see. I want to see a lot of stuff happening at the same time. And um, it was it was it was it was a nice little tech demo.
0: Yeah. Like I said, it's I mean, it's it costs nothing to download. So if you have a PS5 or a series Xbox, like I would definitely check it out and just fuck around with it for half an hour and just yeah. kind of uh, just kind of experience it just to just to get a nice a sense and idea um, of where like next generation games are are headed especially on your new powerful consoles um i didn't play it with headphones i i probably should have because i i think that they had a, designed design the audio experience mm-hmm. um in a, in a in you know with special effects as well uh but it was cool like i said it was an interesting thing to kind of get and in an interesting world uh in which to set it um with the matrix universe so uh definitely yeah, like- worth checking out.
1: And it's you know it's marketing right like it's sure. it's the most clever piece of marketing, the most apt piece of marketing for a product um that that I've ever seen right and um jay has a Jay has a theory about what this new matrix film is going to be about mm-hmm. and um and this tech demo just kind of uh strengthens that theory a bit. And um, which I I found kind of funny. But yeah, the uh the future of gaming is uh is can be seen in the, the Matrix Awakens.
0: Uh speak not not necessarily the future of gaming, um, but something that I've been really enjoying this past week, uh, is Loop Hero on the Nintendo Switch. This is this is one of those famous like game comes out on PC and gets a lot of buzz, and then I just get really excited for the inevitable Switch release. Um, That kind of happens, and it finally came out. Uh, so Loop Hero is a rogue-like, roguelite game with deck builder elements. Stop me if you've heard that before. Uh, <laughs> but I can truly say it is unlike any other roguelite deck builder uh, that currently exists. So, like, the premise of this game is there's this hero who wakes up, and he doesn't have any, like, memory of who he is and where he is and what's around him, that sort of stuff. And so when he wakes up, he, he is on this, like, this track, essentially, that, you know, of, of terrain that lo- literally loops around. So and and he just starts walking and there's some enemies he can fight and things of that nature. And as he goes along, like, he'll, you know, run up on enemies and he'll fight them automatically. You don't actually control the hero. Like, all he does is just circle this loop. Um, over and over and over again but where you come into play is you i don't know i haven't yet figured out if you're supposed to be like like the hero's memory like you represent his memory coming back into focus or if you're literally like god in this universe but essentially you have these cards that represent different like terrain features some of them are you know terrain that you lay on the loop that the hero will encounter so like you'll you know you could put like a grove on the map or a swamp or a village and some of it is just kind of like foliage um that exists outside of the map like a forest or you know like a mountain or things of that nature and the benefit to laying those things down is that it kind of buffs the hero it gives him special abilities, whereas the stuff that you're putting on the map gives him new things to encounter. Uh, there's a there's a day night cycle or not a day night cycle, but like a day cycle in the game um, that time kind of passes as he's walking around. And every time a new day happens, which happens pretty frequently, um, it, if like the buildings and the things that you've built in the game will be affected, like some of them will spawn new enemies. Some of them will hear your heal your hero or about the stats in some way. Um And as you fight enemies, you'll get not only more of these cards that will go into your hand necessarily that you can then play out onto the level. Um, but you will also get like new equipment that you can equip on the hero. And each equipment is like randomly rolled stuff that'll have like a power level, and it has diff and it'll roll with different stats that correspond to that hero. So like, you know, one might buff his attack speed, one might do extra damage to enemies, one might let him drain health when he hits enemies, one might, you know, build his defense. And so you can kind of make builds on the fly depending on the equipment you get, depending on how you kind of want to spec out your hero. And each time you complete the loop, like there's a campfire that the hero goes back to um, at the that at the start and end of each loop, you can either continue, you know, decide to continue onward or you can retreat back to like your base camp. But if you continue onward, then the enemies get more powerful. But so does the loot and your hero gets a little bit more powerful as well. So you're kind of pushing your luck um, as you walk through this loop over and over again, because there are resources that you're gathering based on the different like terrain types that's out there based on enemies that you kill. And those resources get taken back to your camp and are used to build out your camp. So there's like a base building aspect as well. And there's different camp features Jeez. that you can build to, you know, to buff your hero and to unlock new classes and to unlock new cards that you can then build decks out of, so that when you go into these loops, you can have very specific um like types of things that you're trying to build as you go along. And as you like put shit on this loop, uh, there's a boss character that will eventually spawn. And then if your hero beats the boss, that's kind of like w- completing the loop. And then you can still like stay in there just to, just to grind for resources if you want to. Um, it's a very cool game. Like, like, like it does, it does like the one more, one more run thing um, like crazy. The other thing that's great and also very frustrating about the game, like it's simultaneously the best and worst thing is that the game doesn't tell you anything like outside of the tutorial where it kind of teaches you like how to play cards at the very beginning of the game. doesn't really explain how the game works. You really have to kind of figure it out, which Mm -hmm. is great because it lets you experiment. But it's frustrating because like it definitely you could be more efficient if you knew what you were doing. But at the same time, like it's fun to kind of experiment. And what they want you to do is they want you to experiment by putting different types of terrain next to each other or in specific formations. So like if you put a mountain down, that's cool. If you put a couple next to each other, that's great. If you put if you put them into like a three by three. Grid of all mountains, then it becomes like a mountain peak, and you get a shitload of resources, and it spawns like a new type of enemy. Um, like they have a village which normally heals you, but if you put like a vampire's castle next to the village, then it becomes like a corrupted village. And instead of healing you, you have to like fight ghouls in it. Um, which, which again, give you like XP and things of that nature. So, like, just shit like that that you kind of fuck around with and experiment with. Um, is very satisfying. It's, it's just a really cool game. Um, Like I said, it's, it's a definitely a different spin on this genre of game. There's nothing else really like it that I can think of. Like, it's almost like, you know, like a, you know, dungeon or RPG maker meets, <laughs> meets a rogue, a roguelike in a lot of ways. It's,
1: it seems like it's doing
0: a lot. It, it seems like a lot, but you're probably seeing like a almost fully formed run. On the screen, like like when you when you first start a run, like it's really bare bones and it kind of eases you into building up the terrain around yourself. Um But it's it's like I said, it's a lot of fun. It's hard. It's a it's not a hard game. But again, because it doesn't describe how it really works, um there's a lot of trial and error. So like there's three acts so far that I can see and I haven't beaten the second boss yet. And I put like 10 hours into the game. But that's just because I'm going through and, you know, trying different builds and different terrain combinations and different classes and things of that nature as well and plus there's some luck of the draw of course because you're getting randomly generated loot so you know you have to hope that you get things that kind of cater to a build that you want um but it's really good like i said i've i've been playing the shit out of loop hero uh and side recommend it if you uh if you if that sounds interesting to you it's a very very nerdy um type of like you know stat stat heavy game that kind of thing like if you're if you're into like stat heavy rpgs this might be one to check out as well all right um another one that uh that came out uh yesterday i do believe is a shovel knight pocket dungeon so apparently yacht club um is done like making stuff for shovel knight so they're now kind of outsourcing shovel knight to other developers if they want to do cool things with the, with the series. Um, and so what we have here is what I can only describe as an adventure puzzle game in the Shovel Knight universe. That's kind of what Pocket Dungeon is. Um, so imagine like, I'm trying to think of like an elevator pitch this because I'm trying to think of what it's kind of similar to. Imagine like Bejeweled combined with Fuck man, I don't even know. Like, legend is Zelda. Like, that's kind. That's kind. <laughs> that's kind of. That's kind of what it is. So, pa- pa- Pocket Dungeon takes place on this like puzzle grid, which I think is ten by ten or thereabouts. And shit will like fall from the top of this grid into the dungeon area. And sometimes it might be enemies, it might be potions, it might be like rocks and shit like that. And you control at the beginning of the game with shovel knight, and you're running around um you run you know up down left right uh the really the only buttons you use in the game almost are just the d-pad essentially and as you run into things you attack them so like if it's a block then you know you'll you'll do damage and break the block if it's a potion you'll heal but if it's an enemy you'll do damage to them but the thing is is that enemies will do damage back to you if they don't die from your hit so as you're going around like you have to make sure you're collecting potions constantly because each time you hit an enemy unless you're killing it And most enemies have enough hit points that you need to at least hit them once before you can kill them. Um, You're going to be damaging yourself. You don't have a ton of hit points. Now, where the puzzle element comes into play is that if you have enemies of the same type that are all next to one another, like if they're connected in a string or a block, whenever you hit one enemy, you hit the entire block. And if you kill a bunch of them simultaneously, then you get a shitload of like gems, which are the currency essentially in the game um as you go through so you want to try to like not kill enemies till they're grouped together but you know you only have so much space on the grid so you have to like be strategic and plan kind of what you're doing in real time um it's it seems like a game when you're watching it play that you'd want to play it very quickly and frantically but it actually benefits you to kind of slow down and really kind of analyze the state of play a little bit still move the entire time um but just kind of keep an eye on what you're doing um and then you they have different worlds now what's interesting about this is that it's also they they say it's also like a roguelike game which i don't necessarily agree with but the reason they say that is because you only have one death like once you die that's it the run starts back over and you kind of go back to to the base camp that you're Mm -hmm. at now they do on you do get the ability to unlock like fast travel later in the game so like if once you have enough money you can you know paint a Warp to a certain stage, um, which you might want to do because there's also boss battles in this game. So, like, all of the uh, knights of the Order of No Quarter are in the game as well. Like, they got sucked into this universe with, with, uh, with Shovel Knight. And when you beat them, uh, you unlock them and you can use them. And each knight has a special, like, ability or specific play style that they use that's unique to them um so like so far i've unlocked king knight who has like this dash attack that he can dash from across the screen and do more damage but then he takes extra damage when he does that um plague knight poisons enemies when he hits them so like not only will he hit them for his initial damage but they'll also take another damage tick essentially but you have to wait a second for <laughs> it to for it to populate um so like they're all themed off the characters um the soundtrack is basically like remixed versions of all the Shovel Knight songs. And if you played Shovel Knight, you know that it has like a fucking killer soundtrack on it. So that's no complaints there. Um, biggest criticism I have this game is doesn't seem like there's a ton of content in the game. Um, I've played for like three hours and I've already unlocked all of the like items that can spawn in the dungeon. And there's like 25 and I've already bought them all. Like like I've had (laughs) enough gems to, to buy them. Um, like there's like eight characters to unlock. But again, once you've unlocked them all, there's really not much to to unlock in the game. And it's really just kind of grinding for high scores. Um, They do have a versus mode in the game. I don't think it's online, but I'll have to double check that. I think it's just local multiplayer. Um, And they also have like a daily challenge mode. So they have like a daily run mode that you can go into and try and set a high score um, to compete with folks uh, with leaderboard and stuff like that. It's a fun game. I just wish that there was a little bit more there there. With it, like I feel like that this is one that I'm going to really enjoy for five or six hours and then bounce off because there's not a whole lot to kind of dangle in front of me to keep me going in the game. Um, they do have like an achievement system, much like Shovel Knight does, but there's no tangible benefit to, <laughs> to getting that right. stuff. Um, so right. it just kind of like just carries you along if you want to do it. So, but yeah, Shovel Knight Pocket Dungeon, um, very interesting take on the Shovel Knight universe. It's, it's I mean, it's, it's a Shovel Knight game. In theme, but it's not, it doesn't play like Shovel Knight in any stretch of the imagination. But if you yeah, are, yeah. yeah, if you're like a puzzle game fan, uh, this might be one worth checking out. And if you're a big Shovel Knight fan, uh, all the characters are there and the music's there. So, so it might be fun to to dive into a different game mode, uh, that you, uh, that you have not played before. So yeah, I've been Very playing cool. a lot of those games the, <laughs> the past two weeks. I feel bad because I'm neglecting, uh, my PlayStation a little bit. And mm-hmm. like I've been trying to make time to play outriders and i just keep going back to the switch and like i feel bad but i shouldn't because obviously like yeah. those games are drawing me to them and outriders isn't yeah right like now you so. should
1: yeah they yeah like i trust me i get it with <laughs> outriders. like there's nothing wrong with outriders it's just like all right but i kind of want to play
0: something else yeah i like, gotta be there you know what it I mean? will It will be there that's there's no doubt about that uh
1: let me uh let me let you catch a breath and, Fantastic. Uh, I, will, I will go through the notable new releases uh, Among Us is coming out on PS5, Xbox Series X, PS4 and Xbox One on December 14th uh, Clockwork Aquario comes out on <laughs> PS4 and Switch it's fucking weird names man uh, Fire Girl Hack and Splash Rescue comes out on PC Greek Memories of Azure. Comes out on PS4 and Xbox One. Kingdoms of Amalur Re-Reckoning Fate Swarm DLC. Comes out on PC, <laughs> PS4, and Xbox One. One Hand Clapping. Comes out on PS4, Xbox One,
0: Switch, and Stadia. Stadia is still a thing? I mean, it's it still exists, yes. Okay. But uh, who's actually playing uh, it? I don't know. <laughs> Google GTA. Go, th- sorry sorry to interrupt you. Google, Google put out a like a press release um uh-uh. where they referred to their players as stadiums. stadians. Stadians, stadians. S T A D I A N S. Yeah, stadians. Yeah, that's just weird. It's very weird.
1: That's that's uh, all right. All right, Google. You're not making yourself look good. Yeah, that's not cool,
0: Google. It would it would be like he, Microsoft like calling their fan base Xbox. Like right. not, not like, using it, not using it as a derisive term, but like no, that's what our community called. They're X-bots. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Very odd. Um, GTA Online Hit Row is coming out. Uh, it's all it's called GTA Online. The contract, um, but I saw four black people on the title, and it has something to do with music. So, hit row. <laughs> so, so um,
0: poor, poor one out for row.
1: That's being released on PC, PS4, and Xbox Series X on December 15th. Rogue Invader comes out on PC December 15th. Final Fantasy VII Remake Integrade comes out on PC December 16th. Five Nights at Freddy's Security Breach comes out on PS on PC, PS5 and PS4 on December 16th. The Gunk comes out on PC, Xbox Series X and Xbox One on December 16th. Trash Sailors this sounds like a uh, a game where it sounds like Terence's description of Sea of Thieves. Trash Sailors <laughs> comes out on PC December 16th. And uh, trophy, ironically, comes out on Xbox One, December seventeenth.
0: Re- remember, um, God, what's that pirate game that's been in development at Ubisoft for like five years, and it still hasn't oh, come out man. yet? It's so like yeah, Skull and Bones right. or something like that. I can't remember what the fucking title is.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Because they, 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 they want to, they want to use that that fucking boat mechanic thing for another game, right?
0: <laughs> they really do. <laughs> I geez. I will say that that's the one thing that I appreciated the most about Assassin's Creed Valhalla is though I was forced to ride in the boat. I was basically going down like canals the entire time. So like I didn't have to sail in open yeah. water, which which I which I liked. Which I liked a lot.
1: Yeah, I don't know why everybody liked that boat mechanic, man. Like, I, I just did not care for it at fucking, all. It's they, like, they, hey.
0: Like, they loved it so much, they managed to shoehorn it into every fucking game that they made. Every Assassin's Creed game they made. There, really Right. Game,
1: so. <laughs> like, come on, man. Like, sometimes I think they would just pick locales and time periods based on whether or not seafaring was an option.
0: Even, I, even I just, like, like ancient Egypt, you're just like, yeah, I know the Nile's there, but, like, do we really need to, like, shoehorn the boats <laughs> into the desert? Like, no, we really do. Like, it's actually really important that, that we uh, that we have a boat that you can customize. So. Jesus Christ. Think, all think right. of all the downloadable content we could sell for your boat. <laughs> right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, look. Go to uh, densepixels.com slash fans and check out our Discord. Um, and uh, when you go there, you'll be, uh, and you'll, you'll get an invite. And we'll see it. We'll let you in. Um, all you have to do is, is, is show up. And uh, it's like a black cookout. You, you show up and you get in a plate. Go to densepixels.com slash fans and get yourself a plate. Um, go to youtube.com slash densepixels. Uh, smash that subscribe button and uh hit the the like and the bell uh because all that stuff helps uh subscribe to the litany of tmp studios podcasts wherever you listen to your podcasts including the Apocalypse, black on black cinema coming distractions in the weekly preview episode of look forward Political podcast uh we recently recorded a an episode of the black on black cinema podcast um talking about um oh my gosh uh passing about um Two, two light-skinned black women in the nineteen in nineteen twenty-nine, uh, and and the the story that uh, is based off of a book called Passing. It's very good. It's a very good episode. Uh, and for coming distractions, Jay and I today uh, did
0: a review of Succession season three. Do you watch Succession? So I've watched the first episode of Succession. I will tell you. The thing about myself Mm -hmm. that I hate more than any other part about myself, and that is when there is a media property that everyone is just, like, gaga over. Oh, you're a contrarian. Uh, It's not not even, like, a desire (laughs) to be, like, no, it sucks. (laughs) Like, I'm just, like, I'm just, like, it can't possibly be that. So like, why am I gonna why am I gonna subject myself to just to just what is likely to be an average an average TV show? And I'm usually wrong. Like I fully admit that. Like it took me like a full fucking year to watch Ted Lasso, and Ted Lasso was was brilliant, of course. And yeah. you know, um, you know, Succession is going to be in that same boat, and I'm sure there are other examples that I can think of. Um, I did start watching Arcane. Um, because yeah, I I've yeah, I've, I've heard I've heard it's pretty good. Um, I also started playing Ruin King, uh, and that's probably one of the reasons I started watching Arcane. I will tell you this about Ruin King, Mike. I'm not very far in the game, um, but boy, on the Switch, uh, the loading times are awful. I really wish that I had bought it on PlayStation <laughs> instead because <laughs> I feel like that I'd be having a better, a better experience um, instead of waiting like 25 seconds for an area to load when you transition to a new area in the game.
1: Yeah, that's, that's the thing, man. Like that game is, um, that game is a slower paced game to begin with. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, the loading does not help. Um, I got on my switch cause, you know, I'm, I'm going back in the office from time to time and, uh, I want to be able to play it there, but, uh, yeah, I'll give you that. It, um, <laughs> it is a, uh, it's it's a bit of a nuisance. Yeah. Um
0: <laughs>
1: but uh yeah, watch succession. It's really good. It's really good. Like
0: the first episode um, was fine. And and people were like, Oh you got two, Yeah, they'd be the like, Oh you gotta episodes, get to episode yeah. three. I hate that too. You know I hate that. Like, I know. Are just I, know. Like, just I do like, too. Oh, like I do too. It's it's, it's hot what? garbage till you get till you invest. Four hours. I, look, I, look, I'm usually right there
1: with you. I'm usually right there with you. And if it wasn't for my wife, I wouldn't have got I wouldn't have made it to, to episode three of the first season. But once you make it to episode three of the first season, like every, it just it just kind of takes off. And um, and yeah, man, it's it's really it's really good. I think you would actually really enjoy it. Uh, but I'm not going to hound you like I did Jay um, for literally three years. Yeah. Uh, to watch a show that I knew he would like. Um, (laughs) I'm going to hound you people listening, though. Go to densepixels.com slash premium. I was waiting waiting for that. (laughs) For $5 a month, $50 a year, you get access to the premium slate of podcasts, including the airing of grievances. Uh, We are two episodes away from finishing season seven, finally. And uh, I kind of jumped the gun and uh, watched the invitations with my wife. My wife was like, hey, I don't want to watch these stupid game shows. That our son likes to watch. Uh, let's let's um, let's watch an episode of Seinfeld. I said I got the perfect episode for you, <laughs> and we watched the invitations. I can't wait to talk about that on the airing of grievances. Uh, we will get to it. Uh, too sweet. Um, you can also listen to back episodes of No Time to Bleed, The Men with the Golden Tongues, Upstage Conversations, and the full. Uh, hour and a half two hour ish episode of the look Forward political podcast now on video mm-hmm. go to com slash premium
0: i'll tell you what else i've been watching i've also been watching the um the power on documentary that microsoft put out um mm-hmm. to talk about the history of xbox it's on youtube it's it's obviously free it's like a six-part documentary um they're all about 45 minutes long they're not bad um it was produced in partnership with Microsoft. So obviously it is very favorable. Favourable is not even the right word. Like they're, they're definitely like building the legend of the creation of the Xbox console. Yeah. Um, so it is, you have to, you know, watch, understand you're getting that perspective. Um, but they did basically, they did bring in like everybody to talk to (laughs) about this. Like, like even people that, you know, had a checkered, uh, history, uh, with the project, they they got back to uh, to talk about the goings on. Apparently, uh, I'm not there yet, but apparently Don Matrick makes an appearance in the uh, Xbox one episode, uh, which is the first oh. time he's talked about uh, Microsoft in like five years publicly, which is interesting. So yeah. uh, the the one thing that <laughs> the one thing that's a little curious to me is apparently they have some merch Microsoft does on the website um, that you can buy about the show. And one of them is like a poster celebrating the fifth episode, which is all about the ruddering of death, which, <laughs> which 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 I find quite humorous uh, that, you know, I appreciate they're not shying away from it, because obviously it'd be a pretty big uh, miss to to not really talk about one of the most notable things about the Xbox 360. But, you know, making money off of their colossal failures seems it's either. funny it's like
1: the red ring of death the red ring of death is their n-word and they're just taking it back like they're, they're like look we're gonna we're gonna make it our own we're gonna embrace it and and we are gonna we are gonna convince you people that it's cool for
0: us to say it just not for you to say it. To, to this day it's still the most impressive like show of brand strength that I've ever seen in my entire life. Just because like I've said on the show before, we both know multiple people and everyone knows multiple people who literally purchased multiple Xbox 360 consoles. Yeah. Because they kept having this like terminal issue uh, that would pop up. And instead of getting like pissed off and are like, I'm going to go buy a PlayStation now, people would just buy another Xbox every fucking time with a smile on their face, which was fascinating <laughs> to me that <laughs> that was the thing that happened.
1: I mean, so, I'm not laughing too hard, right? I'm not right. laughing too hard.
0: <laughs> I, I Look, I I understand. Um, so, uh, so to move on from there, uh, Game Awards happened last week. Um, we're not going to take a comprehensive look at the Game Awards. Um, I did want to talk first about the trailers because there were a lot of trailers that were shown during the show. And again, we're not going to go through comprehensively, but I I am curious to know. Uh, the trailers that uh, struck your fancy the most that got the that, ha- that piqued your interest. I'm not going to say excited because we both know uh, our long history of how we feel about trailers uh, on this on this fine podcast. Uh, but at least like got your got your intrigue up.
1: I mean, nothing that I wasn't like, OK, nothing. Is the short Nothing? answer? That's no, not really, not really. Like I, you know, I, everyone knows I'm I'm the I'm the big budget AAA guy, right? Like mm-hmm. I, I like all that stuff, and I'm excited for Justice League uh, or a Suicide Squad, kill the Justice League, right? But I, it didn't. Like it feels like it's so far away that I'm not I'm not trying to kind of hype myself up. Mm-hmm. Um. I, I, I'm not into. Um, I, I'm not. I'm not into Elden Ring. I'm not into the the Souls type games.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, well, and that, and that was just a lore trailer, anyway. Like, I don't. I don't. I think you'd have to be like very excited for it to be excited about that trailer.
1: Right. Look, Forspoken. I'm. I'm rooting for it, but it don't seem like it's for me. Mm-hmm. Like it just. It just doesn't seem like it's for me. And I hope it does well because, you know. Uh for everybody black right but if it doesn't <laughs> if it doesn't then people are gonna be like oh see you shouldn't have put that did, black woman on the cover of that box And then
0: people ain't gonna buy it did right? you see um some of the information that came from capcom about first spoken no like it's it's the most like capcom this, or square huh? capcom or no i guess it's square i guess it's square i'm sorry i get i get the two confused um It's very like there's a very a statement that came out that was just like, oh, Japan, like, (laughs) like, like, like never, (laughs) never stop being you. Um, And that was that, like, they wanted to make sure that, like, they they worked to make sure that the main character in the game, who is black, as you as you mentioned, um, has a, quote, hip hop type of walk, whatever the fuck that's supposed to be. (laughs) because because i guess in japan uh they still have yet to to you know you know import black people (laughs) (laughs) into into their culture despite the fact that you know many black people are enamored with japanese culture and would love nothing more than like uh, there's like there's a
1: whole subsect of like japanese music that's just like really into hip-hop
0: you know so i'm
1: i'm i'm very
0: ah fucking japan (laughs) Like, like I can't even be, I can't even be offended or mad by it because it's just like right. You know, like it's it's like, like what, what are you gonna what are you gonna do?
1: This is the country that like this is the country that like when Barack Obama came over there they painted their face black because they <laughs> been, like like hey look I'm cosplaying as you right and like they don't get why well, that's offensive you know what right. I mean because <laughs> like all right I mean I, I see what you're doing but like we, we don't do that here <laughs> we we don't do that. Here. <laughs> um tiny tina i i'm not i I'm, I, I, I'm, I don't know i'm, I'm fully i'm, I'm fully
0: i'm fully out on that it 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 originally looked like it could be something different but it really just looks like borderlands with a yeah fantasy veneer on top of it like that's yeah. that's and it. i'm
1: i'm not into it i'm yeah. not into it and then everything else um everything else i i you know uh is too hard um Alan Wake. Okay. Uh, it's not for me. Wonder Woman. I mean, th- 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 that was nothing. So nothing really, uh, nothing really excited me.
0: I like, I like uh, how Wonder Woman, Jeff Keeler like, Ah, oh, bet you didn't have that on your bingo card, did you? And we're just like, well, no, we didn't, Jeff, because I don't think anyone really asked for it. Like everyone's, been <laughs> like everyone's been looking for a fucking like Superman or Justice League game from rocksteady and they're like wonder woman and you're just like oh uh, I mean, thanks thanks i guess you're you're a couple of years too late but yeah okay you know it's just like Even oh you're... like let me guess she's gonna probably play a lot like batman isn't she oh man like you guys <laughs> you guys did it congratulations Instead of uh, instead of you know, instead of dodges, like she'll be able to deflect bullets with her wristbands and stuff like that and have a lasso right. and she can swing around and just like okay, like that's Yeah, cool. she, her lasso will be retractable for some strange
1: reason. <laughs> and, you know, she'll just voop,
0: zip up and okay. Yeah. <laughs> um I think the coolest trailer that was shown, or the or the most intriguing trailer that was shown, is that Arc Raiders game uh that's coming out that used to be uh it's it's from EA's former chief designer made his own studio, um, and it's a free-to-play uh, third-person sci-fi shooter. These are all things that like uh, like terms that you just have to list off and get me automatically interested. Like that's fine. It it looks very uh, it looks very Destiny ish, which uh, which yeah. I am a big fan of. Um, so that could be yeah. uh, that could be cool. Uh, the trailer was interesting. Um, the other interesting trailer I thought was the Nightingale uh, trailer. This is from the former head of Bioware uh, that has also opened a new studio. And it's like, it looks like a survival, like fantasy game with like Victorian overtones to it. Mm-hmm. It's cool looking. Yeah. Uh,
1: as soon as you say uh Victorian era, I- I'm, I'm out. You were all the way uh, out just- of that, huh? <laughs> yeah. There's just something about, there's something about that era that I just do not care for. And, um, I can appreciate them, you know, trying to throw like a new like spin on it. But as soon as I see one of those dresses with like the the, the fake ass just going four feet out in the other direction, <laughs> and I, I'm just I'm just out.
0: What else? What else was cool looking? They have like that Star Wars game that's coming from like former telltale folks or starting that star wars star trek game that's coming from former telltale folks
1: yeah the star wars game is coming from uh you know you saw this star wars trailer i'm like oh okay a star wars trailer this is gonna be all cg but you know something new from star wars is coming and they're like it's gonna be based on the high republic i'm like oh okay i'm reading the high republic i'm i'm enjoying it i like it you know Mm.
0: by quantic Dream. There it is. That's the one. That's the one that we talked about a couple a couple months ago that Terry yeah, also I just, forgot about.
1: Yeah, I, I I totally forgot about it, and I'm just like,
0: oh, I don't know about you, but I'm super excited to see how High Republic Jedi solve space racism in a very like ham <laughs> fisted in a very ham way. I'll I'll tell you this, um, from a thematic standpoint, uh, it's the most interested I've been in a Star Wars property for a very very long time. Just, from, what, just from, from
1: just from the from the trailer, or the fact that it's set in the High Republic.
0: The set, the fact that it's set in the High Republic, just because like it's you know, it's not yes, the same old Skywalker bullshit. That, that yeah, that it's something different,
1: to. right? I get it. It's something different, and um, it's an interesting, it's an interesting era in Star Wars, mm-hmm. um, and I guess, I I I don't know. I don't know. And look, I'm I'm doing all this bitching and moaning. I'll probably be there first and for day 1 playing it because because I'm a sucker. Um but we'll see. We'll see. I'm just curious as to what it, I I don't want it to just be a gussied up point and click adventure
0: like most I have I have a feeling it's going to be though. <laughs> <laughs> I I have a feeling that's exactly what it's going to be. Um I'm also like slightly, like, a little bit intrigued by this uh, game from Iron Galaxy that's a 40-player, like, Battle Royale wrestling game, mm-hmm. essentially. Like, that looks yeah. like it could be fun. Like, it seems like this, you know, if it's good, it could be like a Fall Guys type of thing. Yeah. So.
1: Oh, you know what? I, I totally forgot. I, I've been playing Halo. Oh, yeah. Halo's the thing <laughs> that came out. Halo is the thing that came out. I totally forgot I'm playing Halo, and uh, I I I, sh- I don't know why I forgot I was playing it because I'm really enjoying.
0: it. Okay, I was about to say like the fact that you didn't mention it, I I thought didn't yeah. bode well for your thoughts on it. Like if it if it was no, so I'm, forgettable I, that it, that it escaped I, your mind. Con- your quite the
1: catches. opposite, actually. Like it had me contemplating buying a battle pass, but uh, <laughs> too much money. They're too much money. I don't want to. I don't. Isn't I, it ten dollars? It's it's like ten bucks, yeah. That's ten bucks.
0: Nah, yo, no. Till May, Mike, you spent you spent more on less from from. I don't know. I
1: don't know because well, the problem is, I if I get the battle pass, I I don't know if I would buy the ten dollar one. I would probably buy the twenty eight dollar one. What's the Uh, What's the difference? It it comes with like level skips so you can skip
0: like the first 20 oh levels. don't do that that's that that and defeats wanna, the whole purpose of the battle pass like know. like the the level skips are there for like when there's like three days left in the season and you're not gonna be able to get that like one thing that you really want and you know you're not gonna have enough times so then you pay to, to <laughs> then you pay to skip levels to get that well phase. i
1: but i think this one automatic like it doesn't give you the choice mm. like it automatically just wherever you're at you're twenty levels up now. You know yeah, so I mean? then like you definitely should use not it use it. You yeah, you definitely yeah, should yeah, not so, use so it. So you shouldn't bu- yeah, yeah, I shouldn't yeah. buy it. But but I, I am having a very, very fun time with Halo. Um the uh the open world aspect it so the game starts off and you're in like metal corridors, right? And you're there for like two, two and a half hours. And it's just like, all right, this is Halo. Um I, I think that first section kind of drags a bit, mm-hmm. but once the game opens up uh, in the campaign, it's really fun. The The grapple shot is the best thing that happened to Halo in a very long time. It, it like, maneuverability, you can climb damn near anything, like, to the point where I can climb myself off of the map and die, right? Like, it's it's, or areas where I'm not supposed to be. It's, it's, uh, it's great for maneuverability, especially in a firefight. Um, you can, you can use it to just kind of zip yourself to different areas. It's faster than running. You can zip yourself into different areas of the, of the battlefield. One of the boss battles actually kind of requires you to use it because you are in a very tight corridor to fight this boss and I'm like, what the fuck, dude! And then I remembered, oh, maybe I can use my grapple shot to kind of zip past, right? Because it's, you know, like I said, it's fast and running. And that boss battle, essentially, you you are required to use that thing. And it's the grapple shot is fucking awesome. Like it is just fun. Um, the uh, the the open world nature, you know, it 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 falls into the same traps as every open world game, right? There are there are bases that you have to liberate, and then once you liberate them, you know more stuff opens up on the map. You know the cartography simulator thing that that all open world games do, but um, but the way this game feels in your hand mm-hmm. is amazing. Like it it just it it just feels smooth, right? There's there's no sluggishness, there's no hiccuping, there's it it feels. Great. It feels like putting on a glove, man. It and 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 I really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um the uh the battles are the moment-to-moment battles are uh furious, fast and furious, right? Um it's not a it's not an easy game, but it's not hard either. It, like it's 343 knocked it out of the park with this. Mm. The multiplayer you know me. I'm generally not a multiplayer person. I'm having a really good time with multiplayer. There are some hiccups, right? Like there are some things that I don't like. Like, and if you, I, I've only played like the the basic multiplayer, but it's like a multiplayer list, and you can't choose what you want to play. It's it's just like okay, now you're playing Slayer. Okay, now you're playing Capture the Flag and all that. I wish you can, I wish there was a way that you can just kind of choose what you want to do. I think and maybe there least, is. That
0: just, I think they're at least adding a Slayer specific playlist uh, soon.
1: Yeah, they. That's yeah. It it definitely needs it um, because people. You know, if you get into a into I forget what they call control, but if you get into a control match, like people are just killing each other, right? Like they're not they're not grabbing control points, which is why people. You know. We, we fucking lose especially because i'm playing with a bunch of randos all the time right but um <laughs> but it's yeah man that game that game is really really good i uh i'm very i'm very like like i said the multiplayer i'm having a lot of fun with the multiplayer to the point where i'm contemplating buying a battle pass. um but we'll we'll see
0: i mean we'll at see. least by the ten dollar one it gives it, like you like said- i it rewards the developers for their hard work, Micah, and it gives you and it gives you a it gives you a carrot that you can uh, that you'll have in front of you. For the, the problem for the is like months. the challenges are
1: still kind of kind of
0: kind of whack, yo. Like, yeah, maybe maybe wait until they actually retool that a little bit to see. Yeah, to yeah, see, to see what that looks like.
1: Some of the challenges are like play a game, right? Okay, done, right? But then some of them are like. stick a grenade on someone's head three times in a match or some weird shit like that. And it's just Mm -hmm. like, ah, I'm not that good, guys. I'm not good (laughs) at all. (laughs) So I might hold off for a bit, but but they never expire. So I guess technically I don't have to hold out. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and and what's fucked up is that you can like unlock stuff like it says, hey, congratulations, you leveled up in the in the battle pass. Now all you got to do is buy it. You can you can wear this stuff that you just bought. <laughs> well,
0: that's, how, that's, <laughs> how, that's how they do, man. That's, a, that's, that's, that's how, how they get you, it. man. So so i might do it f1 F1 has the same f1 has the same shit like f1 has a fucking (laughs) called the podium pass and like i said they have a free version that gives you stuff every like five levels and then they have the pro one where it's like look what you could have had like look at this cool livery that you could have on your car i'm just like i don't really want to pay ten dollars for this but maybe i will i you know what if i could buy the podium pass directly and i didn't have to buy the stupid in-game currency to buy it i might consider doing it like if i could feel like here's ten dollars But, no, they want you to buy, like, you know, podium coins or whatever the fuck they're called.
1: Yeah, same thing with Halo. And I think it's, like, I think it's, they they don't do, like, 100 points as a dollar. Like, the
0: scale is off. Of course, you you have to have a special, you have to have your own fucking way of doing it. It's annoying.
1: Right. And then they, but, you know, you can't buy them in singles, right? Like, you you gotta buy them in bulk. And and um and then they price everything accordingly so that you still have just a little bit left over, mm-hmm. like right. just enough, just enough that that you can like, oh man, if I only had like a hundred more points, I could get this thing, but you know, not enough to actually get the thing. Yeah,
0: so it's, <laughs> it's just just that a Well, you know, maybe one day insidious. then you can earn an NFT that you can trade for uh for your Halo coins. <laughs> so <laughs> that'll be fun um so moving on to the actual game awards uh which seemed less important to me this year like i was really just there for the trailers um the rewards were almost like ancillary to everything yeah. going on to me um i it didn't take- watch it you didn't watch and it and okay. I us- no
1: and i usually watch reward shows i i just i couldn't this year i just i don't know uh
0: it takes two uh was the I think a bit of a surprise for game of the year. Maybe we shouldn't be surprised because the gaming uh, press really liked that game. Um it was talk about. Yeah, when it came out.
1: They uh, the gaming press, you know, they can't. They're they're like all award shows, right? Like they can't wait to fall over themselves to praise mm-hmm. something that is. Uh, and I'm not saying this game is not good or, or deserving, but like they can't wait to to praise something that is
0: not necessarily mainstream but it was it was Uh, funny because like though it won game of the year like Deathloop won like all the other awards around that like it won best direction and won best art direction
1: that's what I'm saying you know like Like, okay which which
0: I I found interesting um (laughs) uh let's see what else what else we got here that was uh that was an interesting uh guardians of the galaxy won best narrative which uh you know you kind of you kind of shit on a little bit which i I can't remember
1: i can't remember what the uh what the other nominees were Um best narrative um i i get that i get it um because it's a movie it's 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 a movie and it's paced like a very long movie um the characters are look i love that game uh i i think that game is great but like let's not you know like it's a movie and if it was going to win an award it would be this one it wouldn't be any gameplay type awards so
0: i was happy returnal got some love uh with best action game um Metroid One Best Action Adventure, which I don't think also was a surprise. I, I don't. I don't. Yeah. Uh Family Game. The only non Nintendo game was It Takes Two, and that won, uh, which I'm sure Nintendo <laughs> probably was a little pissed about. I'd have to imagine. Uh, yeah, I would have. I would imagine.
1: Oh, look at that! Uh, Big boobed vampire lady won uh, best. Yeah, that
0: was that was interesting. Like, I no no disrespect <laughs> to her. Like, good good honor, but like, I'd be a little. I don't know. I'd be a little hard done. Like I said, I know she was in that game for like five minutes. Right. And and I, I, I I almost feel like that she won based on the based on her character model. Like, well, not, not even, I mean, yeah, but, but just like the, the amount of hype around that specific character I said, yeah, more. like, like, like the yeah. viral nature to which that character, um, exploded. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, tales of rise got best RPG, which was, uh, which was nice for that. Um, Guilty Gear Strive won the fighting game of the year, which I think is also pretty cool. Uh it takes two on best multiplayer. I don't know. Like to like <laughs> I, I understand why that why that won. Um I almost like, even though it is only a multiplayer game, like that game's not multiplayer in the way that I think of when I think of best multiplayer. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So uh let's see best uh, Genshin Impact one best mobile game which I find very funny for some reason. <laughs> I don't know why I find that funny but I do. Like I don't know anyone that plays Genshin Impact on mobile but then again this market is probably not the target market for <laughs> for, for Genshin Impact on mobile if I had to guess. Yeah. Uh force five uh,
1: what one what one best marketing for a game that hasn't been released yet.
0: Oh <laughs> Most anticipated <laughs> game. Uh Elden Ring won again. Like it won for the second oh. year in a row. Of course, of course it did. Of course it did. It might win again next year. You never know. Or ne- ne- next year will be Elden Ring 2. That'll 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 be uh That'll be it. And George George Armand be like, well, I'll write the story for that as soon as I finish with Game of Thrones. And people are like, oh, we're never getting Elden Ring 2. What a shame. <laughs> No, the yeah, the yeah, the please pre-order this game award uh definitely went to Elden Ring <laughs> again. So um Final Fantasy won best ongoing game, which I think is wholly appropriate, uh, considering uh how you know how well that's been received this year. They also won best community support. Um, which I I, I think is deserving. Like, like that's the only things they were nominated for, and I think that's the right ones to win. I, I I think it was a pretty chalk year for the most part. Like, I don't think there was a whole lot of surprises. It also made me really kind of sit back and not that this year was a bad year for games, but I don't know how many big budget games, like how many AAA games we got this year that are going to be like talked about in reverent tones five years from now. Like it feels like a very like first year of a new console um, type of thing, just more solid than typical though. You know what I mean? Like like, more solid than we usually get with those
1: yeah yeah i agree it's not um just looking at the looking at the nominees for game of the year they um they're all over the place but none of them uh except for maybe Deathloop, mm-hmm. uh i remember people going absolutely bonkers for right like i mm-hmm. uh, look to be perfectly honest with you i take two uh it takes two it wasn't even on my radar i didn't know what the hell this game was before uh before the uh, game awards, so mm-hmm. uh, and maybe this is more about me than it does about the game, but
0: yeah, yeah. So that that was that was your game awards. Um, so you know, typically here, I feel like from there, too long though, way too long. Like like they're like that's turning into like you know, mid, mid late you know twenty tens WWE pay per view length. Oh, no. Yeah. No. It, yeah, it was, it, get was, out yeah of it was like a solid, like, th- like, like a solid three hours. Uh, oh, no, day. that's that's uh-uh. too much. That's yeah, too that's
1: much. too much, man. That's too, what are you doing? What are, did they have? Like, are they having, like, performances, like musical performances? They
0: they did. Like, they had, like, a Cuphead musical performance. They had Imagine Dragons um performing songs from Supergiant Games, which was weird. Um. <laughs> and then they, they had some other musical or like they had like the game awards orchestra performing like a medley, um, for all the game, the game to your nominees before that category happened. And of course all the presenters and all that jazz. So
1: it's yeah, fine. that's weird. I like, I get it. Like I get what the, I get what the intent of the game awards is. Um, you know, and I think gaming is a medium that is worthy of, you know a big award show and stuff like that from like an official like academy of people but at the same time like i hope it really doesn't fall into the trappings that that modern award shows have now because guess what people hate modern award shows Mm -hmm. they hate them and i'm I'm hoping that this doesn't turn
0: into that i guess we could also mention jeff keely's like mealy mouth statement at the very top of the game awards where he talked about like, you know, us not we like we as a gaming community can't, shouldn't stand for any sort of harassment or mistreatment uh, at game developers without naming names. And then like (laughs) literally five minutes later was like, and here's a new trailer from Quantic Dream, like without any shred of irony like being being levied there. Um, I don't think people should expect Jeff Keighley to be the vanguard to lead the charge of, you know, better working conditions in the games industry. That's not his lane. Um, no. However, I do wish that he'd come at it with a little bit more gusto uh, than he came at Konami for not letting his friend come to the award ceremony to to accept an award for his Metal Gear game a couple of years. Yeah,
1: recently. man, like when Jeff wants to be when jeff wants to be he can be very much like i won't say an attack dog but mm. like he won't he won't let up on something if if he feels uh uh strongly about it and like we've seen it and and he'll prod and you know i know he's got a lot of like stuff going on with this but like if this is as serious as you say it is like mm-hmm. you need to you need to really step up man because he is you know as as corny as he is i really like and respect jeff Keaton. and I, I i you know he's a he's a voice that people will listen to um you know so you got to you got to use that platform man yeah like maybe get rid of the games for impact category and the most anticipated game category and do like a do like a like a take a moment to acknowledge what's going on and challenge companies to do better Mm -hmm. i don't know yeah it was easy for me to say i'm 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 sitting in my i'm sitting in my office listening to my son use the potty so it's very (laughs) easy for me to say but but yeah
0: man so uh kind of in the same like the transition to mistreating the game industry um the latest company to have I don't want to say the dirty laundry aired um, was Bungie this week where uh, people talked about, uh, I, 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 so there's not like one specific story or one specific incident or once even one specific person that anyone talked about with, uh, with this Bungie story here. Um, But basically there were some folks who kind of just talked about how, you know, the, the studio used to be like a Haven for, for like crunch behavior. In, in Bungie back in the day and like kind of like the same, like, you know, dick swinging kind of, you know, atmosphere that many video game companies were, especially back in the day. And I find it interesting because one of the things that they talk about in this Xbox documentary uh, was the Herculean task that was getting the first Halo out the door in time for console launch. And it's it's a bit funny it's a bit tone deaf uh, where they're really celebrating the fact that they basically uh, were in crunch situations, sleeping on office floors and this, that or the other thing for like six months at Bungie to make sure that they look out of the door. I'm like, man, you guys really aren't reading the room huh? in this, yeah, uh, in this specific day and age. Like, I don't I don't <laughs> think you should be uh you should be pumping your chest, pumping your chest out about this. Like, that's, you know. Like you should kind yeah, of say with a <laughs> bit of shame. It says like no, like this legendary story of you know, Bungie had six months to make Halo a playable game because it was dog shit at GDC, and when we and we had to get it out in time for the launch of the console, and so we were sleeping <laughs> on the floor and working thirteen hour days, six days a week, and I'm like, man, that's. That's uh that's that's something that I wouldn't be saying with a with a big smile on my face. Not
1: nowadays, man. Like I get the I get the uh you know, like, oh it shows grit and hard work and determination to get this thing. Yeah, but that's bullshit spin, right? Like Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean there there I, was, I, there was
0: one there's one uh, there's one comment that someone that worked at Microsoft made talking about developing the console itself. Um because yeah. that also came like up, up to the wire kind of thing. And she's like, Yeah, she's like, Man, there's not many, uh it's pretty common, like not many relationships survived uh this console launch. <laughs> That's what we were working on in Microsoft. Which, like, my sure didn't. And I'm just like 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 she wasn't saying it like gleefully or anything but like there definitely wasn't as much like somber tone because it was in the midst of like this like triumphant like we were busting our ass to make sure that this thing shipped by holiday 2001 because if you miss a holiday you miss an entire year and we have to make sure that this gets manufactured and gets out the stores like all and all other bullshit you know, that's so. a cry for help you yeah. know like <laughs> that's, that's what that is man <laughs> so um but getting back to Bungie so what i found most interesting about this is that I would argue that they've accepted this news um, probably better than any company has to this point. Now it does help that the ire wasn't directed at like a certain individual or based on one incident. Like it was more like a company culture thing. And the other thing that's better or that helps them is that people do acknowledge that are there that have been there for a long time that like, yeah, it kind of used to be like this back in the day, but it's gotten a lot better. Um, over the years. And so Pete Parsons put out a statement in the wake of this, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but basically it's not making excuses. Um, they're just like, he's like, look, we're not here to challenge what people are saying or refute it. You know, if, you know, we, we apologize to anyone who has ever experienced these things working at Bungie. Um, and then he talks about the changes they made. Um, he even talks about like, we've removed bad actors from our studio, Um, without any respect to, like, how established they are in the company or seniority or anything like that. Uh, When people have come to us uh, with concerns, um, we're not, you know, transparent. We're not, like, putting out press releases saying, hey, we got rid of this guy because. Um, But, you know, we don't stand for any kind of thing like this. And, you know, we don't care how good your track record is. We're going to get out of you. You know, they, they say that based on the story that came out, Um, That that the people who they believe that the people who, you know, were responsible for that behavior have been gone uh, from Bungie for a while. But they said, like, hey, if we learn new things and, you know, and it finds out that, you know, it affects people that are still here, like, we'll definitely look into that and take action. Um, You know, they talk about how they've adjusted their release calendar and adjusted their content strategy for Destiny. Uh, which they definitely have done like they've delayed expansions and kind of, and kind of shook up their calendar and what they do based on, you know, to try to make the studio uh, to not crunch any (laughs) anymore and to, to allow people to, to build the game in a fair amount of time. And then, you know, he talks about statistics of how, you know, how more diverse their company culture uh, has gotten over the years and different groups that they've, uh, that they've hired and things of that nature. So, um, it's it's definitely not like a hey like attaboy, boy Bungie like you did it like they you know he acknowledges they still have a long way to go. Um, I just appreciate the fact that this news was not met with like a knee jerk like wow this person like is misrepresenting like you know the com- the, the culture at Bungie and the, like like I'm I'm happy that we didn't get that reaction like the Activision reaction basically <laughs> that that, yeah. that we got from the wake of the uh, California Labor Board report um but it, it just it just it just serves to remind you that even your favorite studios probably have some skeletons uh lying in their closet that you might not yeah guess.
1: nobody's uh look nobody's perfect i get it and um but as long as as long as people make and companies make an a, an honest effort to rectify situations then look i'm willing to forgive man like uh, you know, I get it. I'm not one of these people who just like, you know, everything has to be a utopia right now. And if you do anything wrong, then you're the devil, and you, you know, you can't come back from it. Fuck you! Like, nah, man. Like, I get it, but you know, there's a, I only got two cheeks to turn. <laughs> like, I can't, I can't turn anymore.
0: So, uh, finally. Uh, We now see why Sony uh, was working so hard to knock down all these third party uh, console case manufacturers for PS5 because they are releasing custom colors that you can buy for your PlayStation console, uh, custom colors. And they've announced the release of three new DualShock or sorry, DualSense controllers uh, that are coming out in uh, January. Uh, So we are getting uh, midnight. So we've already had Midnight Black and Cosmic Red, uh, which I own the Cosmic Red, and of course the standard white. Uh, but now we're getting Nova Pink, Starlight Blue, and Galactic Purple uh, joining the color lineup. And we're also getting PlayStation 5 console covers uh, in all of these colors as well. So uh, those are all coming. Uh, no word here on price for those console covers. Uh, if I had to guess, 60 bucks would be my uh, my estimation for the price point there. Uh, I would imagine that there are people that are going to be running to the stores uh, to get their all black console plates (laughs) for, for their PlayStation (laughs) uh, to, to make it look like how it probably should have looked from the beginning. Uh, That being said, like I'm kind of digging the, uh, the starlight blue. I gotta, I gotta admit. Uh,
1: I like the blue and I like the purple. Um, If I, if I get one, um, I'm hoping they're not $60. Um, but if I get one, uh, it would probably be one of those two. Uh, and well, we, we, purple or black would probably be one of the two that I would get. Um, and if I don't, I would probably end up getting the the black plates and the purple controller. Mm-hmm. Um, if I if I'm being honest, but yeah, okay, that's fine. Uh, as the uh, as the very first comment on this story says, finally took you long enough. <laughs> <laughs> uh someone says on this thing uh they should be 20 but they'll probably be 80 dollars
0: <laughs> i mean look they, they are they are a custom mold they do have a little bit more finely fine detail than you probably realize unless you've you know looked up on it but yes it is it is just injectable plastic so <laughs> it is it is what it is yeah so um
1: i guess normally we would do the amazon read so that's what we'll do go to densepixels.com slash amazon um when you want to buy playstation 5 you can buy playstation 5 plates right now if you uh you know want some aftermarket you know plates for your for your for your way too expensive toy um i don't trust it but um sure go to densepixelscom slash amazon and get uh and get plates. They range anywhere from 40 to $50. So you can get some that have all these lights and all this crap on them. Um, and uh, fans and all these colors and stuff. If you want to, like, show off. If you're, like, a Twitch. Yeah, I'm a Twitch guy. And all Twitch people have to have, like, neon rainbow colored uh backgrounds and all that shit so yeah go ahead and go to com slash amazon get yourself some
0: plates very cool uh i am currently opening the post office as we speak uh every time i open discord on my computer it wants to tell me about 800 updates that it downloaded <laughs> uh between the last time that i logged in and did it uh so we'll start with film ronder who uh Actually, no, we can't start there because there's too much to talk about with F1. We'll start bottom. <laughs> we'll start bottom and go to the top. So Daniel says, no question. Just happy holidays to the entire Dense Pixels crew. Hope you get lots of time to relax and play some good video games for hours on end. Ironically for Micah, uh the, the holiday season allows for less time playing video games because he does he's not at work, so Yeah. Yeah.
1: So and I'm I'm taking I'm taking uh, starting Friday, I'm taking off until um, after the new year. Um, so maybe we can get in, um, a man with golden tongues in, um, but my in-laws are coming. So, and they're staying until, you know, my son's birthday. So I probably won't have any time to play any <laughs> video games because I'm going to have to entertain two Floridians, um, for two weeks.
0: Uh, Cam says the Royal Rumble is roughly one month away at this point. Do you think WWE would do anything to make us care before then? Uh, it's not looking promising. I got to tell nah. you. Nah. No, it looking really promising. isn't.
1: So. Um, are they going to push the Royal Rumble to February since uh, the December pay-per-view is now a January pay-per-view?
0: Well, it's a January 1st pay-per-view. So even though they have the Jan 1 pay-per-view you still have a solid four weeks before the Royal Rumble. So that's plenty of time to, to get your build in and do it. Yeah.
1: Do. So. Yeah, I guess so. Um, I've, I've been kind of out of it with wrestling for, uh, for a while. Um Me too. It's just, yeah, it's just nothing. It's just Me nothing too. going on that. I actually really want to want to follow.
0: So, yeah. so film wander. So he, he asks a different question. Um And he says with the bullshit that happened in F1 this past Sunday, which will turn around and get back to. Uh, what's your most infamous the game's cheating story uh, from your life? Like when, um, like, when was the time when the game cheated the most, I guess?
1: Uh, any, uh, anytime you fight uh, an SNK boss, especially <laughs> if that boss's name is Rugal. Um, fighting games are, are notorious, especially uh, fighting games back in the day, especially SNK fighting games, especially Mortal Kombat fighting games. Mm on higher difficulties, they are notorious for legitimately cheating and reading your inputs uh, in order to be able to counter what you are about to do. Um, Not like, you know, some ninja god and, you know, somebody shot me from off screen and I couldn't see them and couldn't react in time. Like, no, this is legitimate, like, forward-walking sonic boom bullshit. (laughs) <laughs> uh, and 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 uh, fighting games are notorious for that so um literally uh literally, like capcom versus snk 2 probably one of the best fighting games ever made and if you are good enough to make it to god rugal uh uh lord help you um it's it's just it's just fucking cheating yo it's just yeah. fucking cheating <laughs> But,
0: I, but I get it. It's, it's fucked up. though. I think I told this story before. I used to have a neighbor that I played games with all the time, um, who whenever we played against each other in Tecmo Super Bowl, um, any time that I took the upper hand, like if I, like if I, like if I was winning and I intercepted it, he'd be like, the game's cheating. And he would just turn the game off. So, <laughs> like that was... That, that, that was always fucking wild. I mean, of course, for me, like, the, the ultimate example is is occasionally, m- like, Madden decided in franchise mode, like, you just weren't going to win this game no matter what. So, like, all of a sudden, like, the opposing team's linebackers would, like, become seven-foot tall NBA centers who could leap, you know, far into the air to intercept passes that were flying well over their head kind of thing. And, yeah, like, occasionally, like, the game the game just said, you know what, you're not winning this game. Like, like, I know you think you can win this game, but you're just not winning this game. Like, we're just going to we're just going <laughs> to we're just going to put it in in fucking lose mode and, and you're going to lose this. So, um, see, so yeah, F1 this past Sunday and, and we'll we'll end it here. Uh, so, Micah, I would presume that you don't know anything that happened in what was the craziest F1 ending to a season probably ever, and I'm not an authority to be able to say that because this is my first year really following F1, but I can't imagine that anything as insane as what happened this past weekend happened.
1: Um, I I take it that something happened with a, a Finnish driver.
0: Uh, not necessarily a Finnish driver. Um, oh. John Johnny's oh, looking, meme is yeah. a little uh, is a little misplaced because Valtteri Bottas had nothing to do with the uh, with the ending. Um, uh-huh. so Lewis Hamilton, Max Verstappen, the two title contenders, came in to the last race of the season tied on points. Um, so whoever you know had the better finish in this last race would win the drivers' championship for the entire season, and it would probably be the winner of the race because they were they were far and away better than the rest of the uh, the field this year. So long story short um lewis leads max is in second place and max is in second place he's about 11 seconds behind and crucially between him and hamilton are five lapped cars that hamilton has lapped but verstappen has not lapped yet now lapped cars are obligated to get out of the way um when a for, uh, you know, a further head car is coming up behind them. Um, but still, passing through them is hard to do. It's not like they stop and pull over. Like, they, you know, they make way for you on, like, a straight. But you still have to kind of wait for them. And getting through five takes a while. Um, so, there's five laps left in the race. It looks like Lewis has the title in hand. All of a sudden, uh, Nicholas Latifi from the Williams team, who is riding in 15th place, uh, loses control of the back end of his car, crashes into a wall with five laps left. So here comes the safety car uh, and a yellow flag. So what happens on the safety car is all of the cars have to reduce their speed and they kind of bunch the field up so that there's no, like basically all the cars are following each other in a line, for lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. So Max, so that 11 second gap completely closed up for Max. However, he still had the five lapped cars in the way. Now, what they typically do when they clear the accident, is is safety car laps count towards the race total. Like I said, there's five there's five laps remaining when this happened. So, Matt and, and also crucially here, as soon as the safety car got called, Max went in for a pit stop to go on soft, quicker tires because he was so far ahead of the third place car that he literally lost no time uh, by taking the pit stop. Hamilton stayed out on old uh, slow tires, essentially, because he didn't want to lose track position. To max, mm-hmm. So typically what they do with the safety car is once they clear the car and clear the accident, and all the debris, then they allow all of all lapped cars to unlap themselves. So basically they let all the lapped cars pull ahead of the safety car and drive around the track quickly to catch up to the rest of the group so that there's one line and all of the cars that are racing each other for position are actually next to each other. Like that's kind of the whole point. But they usually let – they usually make all of the lapped cars do that, okay? Now, now, the cars that were in between Max and Lewis were like cars five through eight, essentially in the in this race. So or no, not maybe not that high. eight through eight through twelve, let's say. So they say so the problem is that because there were so few laps left in the race, if they let all of the lapped cars unlap themselves, then the race would have never gotten started. Under green because it would have taken too long for that to happen and the race would have ended under the the safety car, which would have been very anticlimactic. And so they weren't going to let any of the cars unlap themselves, which Red Bull was very pissed off about, obviously. Um, So what they did, what the race director, Michael Massey, did is on lap 47, all of a sudden said, all right, cars can unlap themselves. And so the five cars that were between Max and Lewis drove ahead of Lewis and the safety car to unlap themselves. And then all, pretty much as soon as they were like, all right, these cars can lap themselves. All of a sudden the switch gets flipped safety cars coming in this lap. And so people are like, what the fuck is going on? So like, cause again, typically they wait for all of the cars to unlap themselves before they bring the safety car in, but they let the five that were in between Max and Lewis go. And then they're like, Safety cars yeah, coming in. Up, yeah. We're gonna have that's one lap. Up. We're gonna have one lap of green racing, and because and so when when you know they they crossed the line, the you know flag went green. So they started racing again. One lap for the championship, which is amazingly dramatic. Like like it's an amazing. It's like a movie ending, almost. But of yeah. course, because. Because the safety car had them right behind one another, once the cars, once the latch cars went away, and Max was on much better tires than Lewis, he easily was able to like overtake him during the lap and ended yeah, up winning you know, <laughs> the driver's championship. So Yo, that's messed up. <laughs> so ha- Hamilton fans are pissed because the rules were not enforced as they're written. Now the FIA's defense of this, because Mercedes appealed appealed the result, um, was that there's another rule further down in the regulations that gives the race director some latitude, um, to kind of go off book if he feels he needs to. And they, he, they also cited that the all the teams agreed that they wanted to fl- they wanted the race to end under a green flag. If it was at all possible, so their argument was, yeah, like, we didn't follow the rules to the letter here, but we kind of did because we have this one rule that says we can break this rule if we need to, and we were just <laughs> doing it in the service of having, you know, a, a a real racing lap to decide a championship instead of waiting, you know, coming out under a safety car, and that would have been really shitty for everybody. So, it was kind of like they're like, listen, like – we want to make a good show for everybody. Like, cause we know that people are going to talk about this. And Oh, by the way, we had this Netflix series that is really yeah. popular. That's going to be fucking awesome. If we get to, if we do this, so like we're going to, we're going to have a green lap uh, to end this because that's the only way this championship should end. So I've, i it's, but so people are like, what do you think about this? I find myself sympathetic to all sides. Weirdly enough. Like I, I totally get why Mercedes is pissed. Um, I don't, like, I'm not like, oh, man, this taints the title for Max because Max Verstappen absolutely deserved on merit to win the title this year. Not that Lewis didn't, but, like, Max was so fucking good this season. Mm-hmm. Um, d- d- like, it's it's it speaks to Lewis Hamilton's greatness that Hamilton was right there uh, at the very end with, with as good of a season as Verstappen had. Um, yeah. And I, I'm kind of sympathetic towards the FIA as well for, like, we want to we end this under green flag. Now, there's a lot of, like, Lewis fans who are just like... Well, they 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 wanted Max to win, like 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 that, like they wanted to screw over Lewis Hamilton. I don't see that at all, honestly. Like, if they wanted to screw over Lewis Hamilton, there's a lot of things they could have done earlier in the season.
1: All right. Well, the guy that lost must be black.
0: Now. Well, he is. I yeah, mean, that that. that <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> well, and, and so there was a lot of American F1 fans <laughs> who were riding that card. And again, I I really don't believe there's any <laughs> anything to that whatsoever. Um. And the reason I see it is because you could go back to Silverstone when Lewis took Max out of the race and they gave him a 10 second penalty and and all the max fans were just like oh it's fucking bullshit like he took out max he, all he got was a 10 second penalty he still ended up winning the race like it's absolute bullshit like they're like they're so fucking hard in the tank for Hamilton like they just wanted to make sure that he could that he could run in his home <laughs> grand prix and so on and so So like if the FIA was really like against Lewis Hamilton winning an eighth championship. Like, they could have just, like, they could have, you know, they could have black flagged him for taking out <laughs> Verstappen in that race if they really wanted to. Like, like like they absolutely could have done that. Um, what it does speak to is the inconsistency of the officiating. Um, there was another point earlier in the race uh, this weekend where Max uh, kind of, he didn't dive bomb Lewis, but he took a very optimistic lunge. Let's say. And he kind of while Max stayed on the line, uh, like stayed in the track, like he kind of ran Lewis wide and Lewis just completely cut a corner and just sped off down the track. Essentially, like he like he literally just cut a corner and Verstappen was pissed and like Red Bull's like he's got to give that place back to us. And the race director was like, mm, no, he doesn't, because like 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 he has to give back the advantage that he gained. He was in first place. Uh, we saw we he gave back enough of a enough position that we're satisfied, so we're not going to do anything about this, essentially. And but the reason that Verstappen was able to do that is because he's been on the line and even like stepped over the line a couple times this year with aggressive moves in on Hamilton and stuff like that, and they haven't really penalized him. And so like from his perspective, he's like, "Hey, all this stuff has been kosher all year long, so I'm going to keep right. doing it until." <laughs> until they until they tell me not to and then so i feel like that them not making hamilton like give that place back was probably like a make good like yeah we've kind of fucked up by not coming down a little bit harder on max <laughs> throughout the year um it was a wild ending to a season like like you're, you're probably never going to see anything like that ever again and again I can, i cannot express the the drama that existed <laughs> on this last lap. Like even though everyone knew that like once they went racing like Max was going to smoke him because his tires were just so much better. At that point, um it's still one of the coolest things I've ever seen. And again, I'm a neutral, so like I I'm not going to be hard done by Hamilton probably kind of getting screwed over out, out, out of a championship. Like I don't I don't know what they could have done differently other than end the on uh, other than end the race under a yellow flag, which would have been really unsatisfying from 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 everyone's <laughs> perspective. Um, it was kind of cool though. <laughs> like, like, it was kind of yeah, cool. Like, to say, like, like <laughs> does it, like, like, does it, d-
1: does it, does it tamper with the actual sport or like the, these in the spirit of competition or is it like, I understand like, like we shouldn't be, we shouldn't be officiating this because we have a Netflix show. Yeah. Right. Like <laughs> we should be officiating it because like, it's th- the proper way to do it. And then, like, but I, but at the same time, like, like, I get it. Content is king, right? Yeah. But, like, but, like, this ain't like race entertainment.
0: You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, is, and, and, and that's the thing. Like, I think, version. I think that in, in trying to make sure that the race ended on the track they actually yeah. like laid too heavy of a hand like, like 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 they had good intentions but there was not really yeah. a way to to police <laughs> that without the fia looking like they were putting their thumb on the scale um right. so they were kind of in a shit situation i think what would be much smarter than to do uh is to take some of these gray area regulations that people have been asking questions about for much of the season and to very clearly define uh what they expect from them so that that way, when like Max comes in hard on Lewis on a corner and runs him off the road, like they can go back to him and be like, Yeah, you're getting a five second penalty. Like, like, <laughs> like, like, you can't, you can't race that way. Um, like, yeah. if you keep doing it, we're going to hit you with a, with, with a points deduction or something along those lines. So, like, that, that would, that would curb the behavior. Cause I understand where Max is coming from. Like, Max is like, you know, he felt aggrieved when they didn't make Lewis give the place back during the race because his stance is, I've been doing this all season and they've not once like penalized me. So, I don't understand why now it's a big why now it's a problem when I've done this before or I've done something similar before and you've said play on and like like there is no there is no problem. Like like they've basically been taking the approach between the two of them of like in the NHL when you're in the playoffs and you get into like the last part of the third period or overtime, the referees just literally like put their whistles in their pockets because they they don't want to be the ones that decide you know the game so 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 they let people get away with egregious shit because because they they don't want to be seen as the as the reason why a team won or lost and i feel like that the fi has been doing that especially for like the last several races with the two of them just because they're just like we really want to let this be decided on the track like we don't want to hand out a penalty that's going to spin that's going to spin the the direction of the championship one way or the other but in doing so they're letting they were letting max get away with quite a bit Um, Yeah, yeah. At the same time, like
1: I get it, I get it. But at the same time, like, like that's why like American sports like get really get really boring or or tedious if it's like a close game mm -hmm. because like everything gets scrutinized and you know partly because the referees kind of want to make it about them.
0: Um, But at the same time, like you got to enforce those rules, man. The other, the other, the other, the other reason it's amazing though is because so during the, when you're watching F1 um they cu- they occasionally cut into the TV broadcast with audio of the team radio like so like you'll hear like the pit talking to the drivers and stuff like that but what they also do is during controversial moments like this they'll also give you the audio of the team bosses talking to the race director <laughs> and it and it's, it's it's always, it's always fucking incredible like 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 when like they, they they played like when when they decided like they weren't gonna let the cars on lap like red Bull was talking to the fia like it's absolutely ridiculous like like you like you have to like you have to let them on lap we need a racing lap like this is it's crazy to do this and then like you know they they go they go right back to max they're like they're not gonna let the cars lap and max like oh fucking typical he's like this is the shit that always happens and then like and then they do it and and then like as soon as max like passes by you know, Lewis, like all of a sudden, Mercedes on the radio to the FIA, and it's Toto Wolf, the team principal. He's like, Michael, you cannot do this. It's not fair. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's so, it's so fucking like, Mike. I'm telling you, man. Like, you need to watch when, when this new season of Drive to Survive comes out next year. Like, you absolutely have to watch it because this is gonna probably come through amazingly on on like this netflix produced thing like the drama and the tension is gonna be ratcheted up to like 15 and it's gonna to be told in such an amazing fucking way <laughs> uh you will become an f1 fan immediately if you if, right. if you watch next this season, season of drive to survive. next season
1: i'm gonna i'm gonna when the new season of drive to survive comes out
0: i i will i will watch it yeah it's only like
1: 45 minute episode
0: right yeah like not even I, I can, not I can, even I sometimes so <laughs> yeah i can Dude, they, like it it would not at all surprise me if they did an if they did a whole episode like the whole last episode is about just the last five laps of Abu Dhabi because <laughs> yeah. like again you you could get a whole fu- like you could get a whole fucking a whole fucking show out of that like but, but between what happened and 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 like the, you know the teams filing like the protests later and this other sort of thing now the one thing i will say lewis hamilton um incredibly gracious uh, in defeat and in controversial defeat like he was obviously upset um yeah you know they they like like if you go online you can you can hear his audio like when he like once the race ends like in the moment like he you know wasn't too happy about it but he had some time to to think about it i'm sure it's a lot easier like being a seven-time world champion like just <laughs> being able to kind of look back and be like you know i missed this one it is what it is like kind of sucks kind of yeah. kind of sucks but uh you know I, I'm sure it's easier in that regard, um, but he was a very class he was class act um and uh, and acquitted himself very well uh in defeat. So I thought that was pretty cool to see like because <laughs> the week before, like max kind of got i don't want to say screwed, but like Max was the uh recipient of uh some ill effects from Hamilton by accident. Uh, actually, it turned out to be Verstappen's fault anyway, but like Max like walked off the podium as soon, <laughs> as, soon as the champagne popped because he was just, like, I'm just not, I, I just, I'm too angry right now to be here. So, um, that was it. Like I said, I knew I was going to go on for a little bit with F1 because this weekend was just incredible. Um, if you haven't seen it and you want to see it uh, and you want to see what we're talking about, uh, go to the F1 YouTube channel. There's a whole bunch of shit on like the last lap and the last couple laps of this race that you can check out uh, because it was one of the craziest sports things you'll ever see. Um, don't forget to go to densepixels.com/fans to join our Discord. Uh, subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to us on YouTube at youtube.com/densepixels. Follow the Dense Pixels Twitch channel and you can follow us individually on Twitch as well. I'm Dense Pixels. Brad, Terence's apparition four hundred and ten, and Carrie is up. It's Carrie. Uh, that's it for us this week. Thank you guys very much for listening and watching. We'll see you all the next time.
1: See ya.